we're continuing in our series called Next Step. And the idea behind Next Step is what is the next step I have to take to get closer to God? We're not in a sprint. We're in a marathon. It's one step after the other. And what we talked about last week and what we're going to be talking about is this idea that Jesus in Matthew here has begun to change his speech from come and see, which is what he said uh, to the disciples. They said, where are you staying? He said, come and see. To now come and die. Radically different terminology here. Come and see to come and die. And so I wanted to share with you a little bit out of my life what's going on. This is the P90X Extreme Home Fitness Workout. Okay? I know. I know. I can barely contain myself. It hurts a lot. Okay? The idea is that you take your training to the next level or whatever. It's 90 days and I'm on day uh, 55 or 6 or whatever. I don't know. I pass out most of the time at the end, so I don't know what day it is. But the idea, it's got this crazy trainer. His name's Tony Horton, and he says wacky stuff like, um, uh, you know, do your best and forget the rest and uh, bring it and, you know, all these things to get you pumped up. And then, you know, he does hand motions and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, at the end of the workout, you're completely spent. I mean, you are done, right? And so they have you take pictures, like really depressing pictures of like before you get started and then at 30 days and 60 days and 90 days. And, you know, after your 30-day picture, you're looking at the two going, I worked out for 30 days and I see no difference whatsoever, okay? It's super, super depressing. And then at, at day 60, you're just like, bump it. I'm putting it in Photoshop and I'm putting Arnold Schwarzenegger's body in my head, no, okay? So, so you, you go through this workout, it's hard. It's all this kind of stuff. But the, the whole thing is just this like intense workout. And it started getting me thinking about our walk with the Lord, this come and see to come and die. And it started getting me thinking about, you know, uh, this walk with Christ is the same thing. It's like, it's like a workout. When you, look, I, when you go online to this P90X thing, and again, I don't really buy stuff from infomercials except for the Thighmaster and Buns of Steel. But other than those two things, I haven't bought anything from an infomercial. But you go online to do the, the testing, or to, to, to like test it to see, is this really real? And they have these things called testimonials, right? And so you click play, and it's some guy, and he's all you know, showing his before picture and his after picture. And I'm looking at my before picture and my after picture. I don't look anything like that. He's all ripped. And there's a diet that goes along with it, which I'm not doing uh, because it's just, I work out so I can eat what I want. Not, not, I don't, it's for nothing else, right? So you go through this whole thing. And I started thinking about the Christian walk and our testimonials. And the fact that we, what we're trying to sell to the world, our product, this relationship with God, this idea that we can be uh, forgiven of our sins, that we can have a new life in Christ, that we can be transformed, right? That maybe the world isn't buying it because we still look like our before picture. Maybe, maybe when... When we show up, we say, look, I, I used to be like this, but now I'm like this. And they go, okay. So I, which one was the before picture? Right? I used to be worried about everything, but now I'm just worried about most things. You know? It's like, what, what is that? See, because we haven't bought into the system. See, 
the P90X thing, whatever you want to do at home, it's all about results. Results, results, results. What kind of, you'd ask me if we weren't in church and we were just, they say, is it, does it work? Are, are you getting results? And I, I would offer up to us that maybe in this life with Christ, we're not getting the results we expected to get because we're not putting as much into it as we should. Again, if I did the diet thing too, I'd get better results. I've missed some workouts. If I didn't miss them, guess what? I'd get better results. Some of the workouts, to be quite honest, I dog it a little bit and I go, oh yeah, I lifted that, okay. All right? If I worked hard every single time, I'd get better what? Results. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is results. We're going to talk about what a life with Christ looked like. Now, where we are in Matthew is in Matthew chapter 17. And what's happened is Jesus was up on the mountain and he was transformed. He basically showed them the after picture, (laughs) the glorified body picture. He was ripped. He was shining. He was like, ta-da. And Peter wanted to buy into the program. He pulled out his credit card and said, I'll build three tabernacles right now. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. I love it. I'll buy into it. And Jesus was saying, it's not about this. There's something bigger. So they head down the mountain, okay? And they show up, and there's a, there's a man there. And let's, uh, let's go ahead and get uh, started on this. Matthew uh, chapter 17, uh, starting in verse 14. When they had come to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, he has seizures. And is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire and, on, and into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? By the way, those aren't encouraging words. Okay, so if Jesus ever says that to you, it was, it, he's, he's upset. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, this verse, having faith as small as a mustard seed, is used quite often. We use it a lot. You just got to have mustard seed faith. It's a little bit of faith you get a tiny little bit of faith you throw it in there and all of a sudden a mountain will move it's great it's it's a it's america i mean at its best you pay a little bit of money you get a little bit of faith but you can do great things with it i'd submit to you this morning that this is not what the scripture is saying see we've already seen jesus expound on the mustard seed idea Remember in Matthew chapter 13 jesus said the kingdom of god is like a mustard seed and although it's the smallest of all the seeds It grows up to be a big bush, so big that the birds of the air can nest in it, okay? And and you can find food with it. The idea of the mustard seed is growth, 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 results. So when I come to an event in my life, the idea isn't just to try and get enough mustard seed faith to have it work out. The idea is that I take what little faith I have and I plant it and I, I, I give everything I have to this, this journey with Christ until it grows and grows and grows. And we'll go into that 
for a little bit. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this in verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, okay, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. That word trained means to exercise naked, which is not in the P90X program, by the way, okay? You guys are just like, oh, okay. Too much, too much imagery there, right? But isn't, this, isn't that a great workout verse, right? No workout seems pleasant at the time. You're sweating on the bike, you're running on the treadmill, you're, you're cursing the day you were born, right? You're, you're, you're thinking you don't even believe in God anymore, you just want to die. But then when you get home, you're like, I feel pretty good. You know, I always feel better after a workout. You know, who says that? Everyone says that. I always feel, it always hurts while you're doing it, but you always feel better afterwards. This is our journey with Christ. We go through things in life that hurt. They seem painful. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But listen what happens. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It's up to us to decide, are we going to allow God to be our personal trainer or not? I can turn on P90X and sit with a bag of chips and watch the guy go ranting and raving and going, you know, two more. I'm like, no problem. One, mm, two. Thanks, Tony. Right? Right? Am I going to submit myself to this devilish torture tool called P90X? That's up to me. If I want results, I'll submit myself to the work. It's the same thing in Christ. No discipline. It it goes on in the scripture to say, uh, God deals with us as sons, for what son is there whom his father doesn't discipline, right? God is going to discipline you. You think like a spanking? No, those who've been trained by it. He's a coach. He's a trainer. He knows your potential, okay? 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says it this way. Have nothing to do with godless myths. I messed it up first service too. And godless godless myths... And old wise tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Lastly, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So, Peter, James, and John come off the mountain and they're, 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 they're met with this, this father and a son who has seizures. And for some reason, this was a different deal than before. So there was something about this particular situation where the disciples were, they were at wit's end. They couldn't, they, they didn't have the faith to follow it through. And what I want to do this morning is I want to just have a little bit of fun with the the whole training idea and go through four things that I think we can do to help ourselves get trained as we move in our lives from this idea of come and see to come and die. We have this idea of our faith. We could only muster just a little bit of faith, but it gets trained and trained and trained and trained until the things that used to bug us and used to get us all bent out of shape now don't seem like anything to us anymore. We're stronger in our faith. 
That faith that started out like a mustard seed is now able to move mountains. And I think we can see four things here that are going to help us quite a bit. The first thing is, check your heart often. In the P90X system, you wear a heart rate monitor. And the idea of the heart rate monitor uh, is to make sure you're not dogging it. It's not to say, oh, your heart rate's going too fast, slow down. They don't do that in the P90X system, okay? They, when you're tiling 911 and they're saying clear, that's, yes, that's a good workout, okay? So, so you, you, you wear this heart rate monitor and you've got to make sure you're in this zone, right? The same is true when we begin to exercise our faith in Christ. Why are we doing it? Where's our heart? Now watch this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this. Without faith, it is impossible to what? Please him. To please him. Faith pleases God. If our heart to exercise faith is to just get stuff for ourselves, to do a health and wealth, and if I have this faith, then I can, I can name it and claim it and declare it and whatever. The idea of growing in our faith is to please him. That's the heart of God. It says, it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. Why, why do we work out our faith? This Ephesians says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This idea that sometimes as we move forward, it's hard. Why do we do that? To please him. Because we know that when we're pleasing our Heavenly Father, we're living the life that God intended us to live. We're working the way we were designed to work. The more pleased God is with you, the better your life is. It's the way you were designed to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so we check our heart off. And now, here's the thing. So we, we, we always think in terms, especially in America, that if I have faith and I pray, my prayer is going to get answered the way I want it to get answered. That's the proof of faith. But it's not. I want to show you something. There's a, there's a section of scripture called the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And it starts out like this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is assurance and conviction, not outcome, okay? Faith is not your prayers being answered exactly the way you wanted them answered. Now, um, now hold on, because you, you're like, well, then why do we pray? We're going to get to that at the end. But I just want you to see this. We've got to check our heart. Why are we praying the way we're praying? Is it, to, is it because we, re- I mean, think about it. Lord, I, I really want to grow close to you. Really? Well, what if that's through suffering? Okay, forget that. That's, that's not what I, I, I really, okay, I really want to draw close to you in the least, I mean, let's be honest, the, in the least hurtful way. I mean, that, I don't know if you're like me, but that's, if we're honest with ourselves, that's what we mean. I want to grow close to you in a way that doesn't really cost me too much, my life is still good, and I can still watch 24, okay? Uh, just don't, just, you don't take away those things, it looks like we're good, okay? Now watch. From this, hall of, from this idea of the assurance of things hoped for. I mean, this is, this is faith. The scripture says the ancients were commended for this kind of faith. Well, what happened? I've divided it into three different segments. Good. This is the people who had faith and it worked out great for them. 
good things happen. This is American faith on the left-hand side. We want faith. We want to declare it, name it, claim it, and have it happen. Noah was safe. Abraham got a lot of stuff. Isaac was safe. Moses was safe. The Passover, they were safe. Jericho fell. Rahab was safe. The Red Sea parted. They conquered kingdoms, shut the mouth of lions, received back their dead, escaped the sword, weakness to strength. That's, that faith is way up. That's, this, is, this one's 50 pounds. I'm not trying to do this. Lift with your legs. Okay. I mean, they feel that thing. 50 pounds. That's 50 pound faith right there when your life turns out good like that. Except the scripture goes on. And there's another section. I call this section the whatever section. It didn't really make sense to me, good or bad, like Joseph spoke of the Exodus. Okay. <laughs> By faith, he told the story of Egypt and the, I don't know. I, congratulations. It just didn't seem good or bad to me. It just seemed like whatever. There's three of those things, okay? All right? Then there's bad. Same faith. Okay? Same strong, ripped, after picture faith. When you, man, this is a good look at before and after. Here they are. They're just like this. It's just faith. Okay? What happened to those guys? Well, they were mistreated. Abel. Abel gives a better sacrifice than Cain from this strong, like, bull faith. Right? And he gets murdered. Thank you for that. Uh, torture, jeers, flogging, chained in prison, stoned, sawn in two, death by sword. They walked around in sheepskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, and they wandered in the deserts. Same faith, but a radically different outcome. See, as our faith grows, maybe the outcome becomes irrelevant. Maybe, maybe as we exercise our faith with the right heart, we check our heart and we go, why am I praying for this? We look at our heart rate monitor and it says, ah, you're down to 20 beats per minute or whatever. And you're like, ah, this isn't really doing anything. And the Lord says, no, I, it's because your heart's in the wrong place. I want you to pray a little differently. See, assurance and conviction does not equal outcome. I can sweat like bullets praying for something, praying for something, praying for something. The Lord's like, I want to do a different work in you. It's a different workout than what you're doing right now. It's not the part of you I want to be working out. You got to check the heart. The second thing is continue to feel the burn. (laughs) In the P90X system, they tell you the last three reps are the money reps. Those are the ones that really do the damage. Those are the ones that really, you know, and you, and you know it's true, right? We all know that's true. Like, let's just say I'm going to do something. I'm going to pick something that I like to work out with. These are fives, okay? Um, and so this is really good. So, you know, you're working out, you're working out. What typically happens? Oh, man, oh, that hurts. Oh, okay, okay. And you put it down, and, and that's it. You feel a little bit of burn. We do the same thing in our prayer life. Lord, I need a car, Lord. I need a car. I need a car. Oh, it's going too long. I got to get to work. I got, I've, been, I've been two months without a car. I've been 10 weeks. You know what? And we go and we buy a car on credit. And now we're strapped with this car payment that we can't afford, that we never should afford. Why? Because right when we started to feel the burn, we dropped the weight. And God was saying, I want to do something better. He's saying, you can do one more rep. One more. Come on. You got it. You got it. And we go, nah, I can't. And the Lord's going, man, if you had just one more rep, then we could have next week, we could have worked out in the tens. 
It was the money wrap. And sometimes in our prayer life, we stop at the money wrap. Right? You want to get married, you want a husband, you want a wife or whatever, and you're on your knees, oh, Lord, I, I want a guy that this, this, and that, and a, Lord, I want a girl that looks like, you know, she's hot, but Lord, she's spiritual too, okay? <laughs> I mean, just, uh, I mean, it's definitely spiritual, but you know what I'm talking about, God, okay, right? Because that's how I, that's, it works, okay? What can I tell you? Okay? So, so, you know, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, and all of a sudden, you know, I, yeah, I, I can't wait any longer. And you, and you move in with that guy or that gal. And the Lord's like, man, oh, if you just, just two more reps and I had something better for you. Feel the burn. The Christian life is this struggle of trusting in God, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Lord, I know it hurts now, but I know you said if I were to obey you, You'd be faithful, and I'm banking on it. Now, some of you are in, a, in some struggle right now. And you want to take the easy way out. I'm telling you, the Lord is beside you saying, one more rep. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Feel the burn. I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example in my own life. Um, we have this, uh, this, this um, vegetable garden at our house. And um, so it's growing beans and, um, and uh, zucchini and tomatoes and stuff. So one day we went out. We have these three huge tomato plants. We went out and one of the tomato, the gardener had cut our tomato plant like right at the root, you know. And it's not a weed. Okay, thanks. Right? Turns out it's not a gardener. It's a mole. Okay? So we have moles. So I go to Home Depot and I get these little things that look like little sticks of dynamite. It's like I'm on Caddyshack, right? And you light them and you shove them in the hole and it smokes them out. So I come home and I'm all excited and I got these smokers and I'm going to smoke these moles out. Let me tell you something. I was hoping they'd die a slow. I, mean, I hope they come out and <coughs> get back in there, you know. Oh, you know. I just wanted, they, they took a tomato plant, okay? That's it. You fire me if you want to, but this is what I'm telling, just telling you the truth. I wanted, I wanted to, oh, I want, I was like, how slow do they die? I was like trying to read up on it and stuff like that. So I come home and Lisa says, you know what? I don't, I don't want to smoke them out. I want to, I want to pray for this. I'm like, are you crazy? This is a smoker. We can get it done. We can get it done right now. I can shove it in the hole, light the thing, fire in the hole, bam, done. Knock out the whole colony of them. Right, take out a few neighbors while we're at it. You know, I got the gas, you know. So she, she says, "No, I want to pray about it." So I start thinking because she she had just prayed the day before, Lord, show me a way I can I can strengthen my faith. Okay, she prays wacky stuff like that. I don't know, it's weird. So 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 we start praying. I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll join you in this. We're gonna pray. We're gonna take dominion over our." Now, I know this might sound weird to you, but we did, and we walked that vegetable garden and Lisa was praying lord every place we step we're taking dominion over this vegetable garden you've given dominion over the land all this i'm just like amen yes jesus that's it you know our neighbors are like i think they're insane you know so we're taking dominion over our vegetable garden okay so, you know, I'm there and she's praying and we're praying and we're hugging and you know okay great and, 
Okay, uh, that <laughs> went a little too far. So we, so we do this. So the next day, you know, I'm like walking out in faith. And I'll be darned if one of the son of a guns didn't get a bean plant after that. I'm like, oh, Lord. Faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. I'm praying, and she's praying, and we lost a zucchini plant. And so it just so happened that while this was all going on, I'm studying for the sermon. I said, you know what? I'm going to feel the burn down to the last friggin' plant. I'm going to let it go. And we, both Lisa and I decided, we're going to let it go. We're, gonna, we're just going to keep praying. We're going to keep taking dominion. And we're going to let God do what God's going to do. Now you say, now why would you do that? Because at the end of the day... It's not the workout that's important. It's the results. So I don't know how the Lord's going to do it. The Lord might devastate our guard. He'll send down locusts and go pray over that too. It ain't going to happen. We're going to go. I don't know. But in the process, I'm growing closer to Jesus as every plant gets eaten. I'm just like, Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, God, but we're going to do it. We're going the whole way. I'm going to feel the burn because I don't want to quit. He might be saying one more rep. I don't know what might happen. You know, Lisa, it's been so awesome. Failure is so wonderful. Uh, so we're praying. Lisa says, you know what? I was thinking the other day. What if he devastates our whole garden and then the neighbor comes and brings some zucchini? I thought that's, that's how he's going to do it. I thought, that's it. He's going to do it. And so we'll be praying for zucchini, right? So the whole, my point is this. Keep going. You've got one more rep in you. Don't quit. Don't settle for, for second best. Don't settle for what the world says to settle for. Hold out. Feel the burn. See, once it gets hard, we, we, we quit. Easy there, tiger. Okay? We drop the weights and go, I can't do it anymore. And we question the trainer. You know? Okay, here's what, you know, you know, I want you to do, you know, so many pull-ups. What are you, crazy? Pull-ups? I don't need pull-ups. What am I going to do pull-ups for? Right? We do the same thing with God. Why are you doing this to me? It hurts. And the Lord's like, duh. It's supposed to. That's how you get to the next level. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. But those who've been trained by it, afterward, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. Feel the burn. Listen to this wonderful verse out of 1 Peter. Oh, man, I got a jam. Okay. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. How much of God's glory do you want to be revealed in your life? What do you want your after picture to look like? We know the before picture. What do you want your after picture to look like? It's gonna, if you want it to look cut and ripped or whatever, it's gonna cost. There's gonna be a trial. And, and yet we pray like, you know, okay, we do the five pounds. Yeah, okay. And then when we get to the eight pounds, we're like, oh, Lord, remove this eight pounds from me. Do not, Lord, you know you are all powerful. Lift this from my presence. 
And the Lord's like, what are you talking about? Pick it up, do your reps, let's move on. I got a lifetime of working out, of you building your faith, of taking this mustard seed faith to the, the place you can move mountains. See, this is what was going on with these disciples. There was something about this, this father showing up with his son who had seizures that rocked them a little bit. And when you, when you put all the Gospels together, it's a really sad story. From, his, from as the time this little kid was tiny, he was having these seizures. And, and trust me, it's, a t- it's horrible. And so this father goes with his son and he says, help us. You know, you ever gone through something with a family member is going through something? The whole family suffers. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? I mean, and so this father comes and there's something. Maybe the disciples, maybe they were thinking to themselves. Man, this is so sad. What if it doesn't work? What if we can't? I mean, this father's all jacked up. He's torn up. And, and if you put the gospels together, the son was not only did he have seizures, but he was deaf and he was uh, he couldn't speak. He was throwing himself in, the, himself in the fire. And this was the father's only son, which in that time was a very, very big deal. So maybe, I don't know what it was that made them get, where they were cast, we've seen them do it before, where they were casting out demons. And all of a sudden they moved to this weight and went, oh man, this is just too hard. Something happened. We don't know what it is. But the Lord showed up. And he says, oh, you guys. How long do I have to be with you? I don't know if any of you have a, ever, you know, I could imagine my personal trainer doing that to me, going, oh, dude, come on. Stop whining and pick up the weight and do your work. Now, Jesus is saying the same thing. Like, How long do we have to keep going over this? Cast the demon out. You're going to get stronger. We'll move on to the next thing. So he gets upset with them. They weren't able to feel the burn. He says, how long will I be with you? The third thing we have to confuse the muscles. It's another part of the P90X system. Okay, confuse the muscles. So what happens typically when I go to work out, which is a, a, a you know, you know, you start and then you stop for a long time and then you come back and you say, this time I'm, it's really going to stick. Okay, so what happens is I'll go to the gym and I'll start working out. And, and in the first 30 days, there's like an amazing transformation. I lose weight and I get stronger and I'll, whatever. And then I, they call it plateau. I plateau. Because I do the same workout with the same weights and I stop right when I begin to feel the burn and I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. And I just stay the same. I'm, your muscles memorize what you're doing and then they go, oh, okay, he's going to lift about this much more. And they don't, you don't really shock them anymore to have growth or to, have, um, uh, to become more healthy. And so in this P90X system, I'm going somewhere with this and I, I don't get any money from the thing. It's just my analogy. After 30 days, you completely change the workout. And then the next 30 days, it's different. And then the next 30 days, it's different. So your body never, like, I'm always sore from this stupid thing. Like, there's always a part of me that's sore. What is that? I'm on the day 60 and I'm still sore. It's, it's muscle confusion. The muscles don't know how to get, to get in the right uh, frame of mind. And it's better for you. Listen, it's the same thing in our spiritual life. Some of us, have been doing the same spiritual workout routine for years. It's the same, the same uh, quiet time, the same prayer life, the same, I come to church on Sunday and I raise my hands or I don't or I think about lunch and then I go home and we expect some great result. 
We haven't confused the muscles. We just, it's the same thing. You know, two more. One, two. Okay. Oh, you know, I really don't feel any closer to the Lord. Really? Doing the same thing for years and years? You don't feel any closer? That's a shock. That's what happens in my life. I look at my life and I go, well, what happened over these last few months? Well, you did the same thing. You need to confuse the muscles a little bit. This is what happened to the disciples. Look, they knew how to cast out demons, guys. Watch this. Matthew 10, 7. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus told them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. I'm sure when they first started doing that, they were blown away. Can you imagine? You start healing, you start casting out demons. It's unbelievable. But something happened. They plateaued. It goes on. It says this. They were casting out many demons and they were anointing with oil, many sick people and healing them. In Luke, it says the 70 return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject, subjected to us in your name. But something changed with this situation, with this father and his son, and they, they plateaued. And the Lord's going, yeah, you plateaued because this is something different. If you look in the Gospels, Jesus says this one comes out. By the way, if you haven't, real quick, I didn't explain this the first service. If you have an NIV Bible, you're missing verse 20, I think, in, in your Bible. It'll say, I think it's 20. It'll say like 19, and then there's nothing, and then 21. The reason is, uh, just so you don't think it was a typo, in one of the manuscripts, there's a verse that's inserted in there that says, this one comes out by prayer and fasting, okay? But scholars have realized that that was a scribe error. Again, don't freak out. The Bible's still inerrant. But there's a lot of theologians that say that shouldn't have been in there, okay? NASB has it in there, but it's kind of like in italics, okay? It doesn't matter because in Mark, it says this one comes out through prayer. So my point's still the same, but I just didn't want you to freak out if you read that. Okay, so this one requires a shock to how you normally did it. The disciples said in in Matthew, how do we get this out? They said, well, you need faith of a mustard seed. You have little faith. That's your problem. In Mark, it says this one comes out by prayer. It's a different method. And some of us need to confuse our spiritual muscles a little bit. Change it up. This is what fasting does. Fasting allows us an opportunity to do something different. To shock us. Number four, compound on previous workouts. Compound on previous workouts. Excuse me one second. That's what I need, more coffee. (laughs) To get a little more amped up. So the idea is every workout is building to the next workout. It's not just we do the same thing over and over and over and over again. The idea is that we're making progress. The same idea in our faith. The idea isn't that we get to a point where we're holier than somebody else or better than somebody else or better than we were the day before. The goal is to please him. The goal is to go from come and see to come and die, to have an intimate relationship with God to the point that it might even cost us our life, but we don't care because we know he's faithful. Our faith is high. It's strong. It's heavy lifting faith so that the things below it don't feel as heavy anymore. Now we see this compound on previous workouts with the life of David. I want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17. See if I can find First Samuel. So you guys all know the story. Uh, essentially, what happens is um, there's this big guy named Goliath, 
and uh, he's huge. He's definitely in the after picture, right? He's enormous, big arms, the whole thing. And he's taunting the, the, the Israelites. And so David, who's a shepherd, decides, hey, I'll take him. No big deal, right? I'm doing P90X. I'm ready to go, okay? So here's what happens. Um, Saul says, look, King Saul says, anyone who defeats this guy gets a bunch of money and my hot daughter, okay? And so there's a good incentive to try and kill this guy, but nobody's doing it. It's a heavy lifting faith scenario. Now, in verse 32 of 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out uh, against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he has been fighting a fighting man from his youth. Okay, you're a girly man. You can't do it, right? Now watch what David does. David doesn't say, I can too. Watch. He says this. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. David was bad. I, that, that is just awesome. Okay, and then watch this. When it turned on me, so he's got his, the sheep, you know, he's running with the sheep in one hand, right? When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, this uncircumcised Philistine will not will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Remember when I said, check your heart? This is the this is the right heart. See, David is saying, look, I lifted this much and God was with me. I lifted this much and God was with me. Guess what? I know I know I can lift this much. Because God's going to be with me. You see that? We compound on these workouts. Peter did the same thing, okay? What happened to Peter was, he was on a boat, Jesus fell asleep, a big storm came, and they, everybody freaked out, including Peter, and Jesus got up and calmed the storm. Peter says, aha, I got it. Storm, no problem, Jesus can calm it. Next storm scene, Jesus is walking on the water. Peter says, I know, I'll walk on the water too. He walks on the water. Everything's great. And then he's like, hey, you can calm the storm anytime now. And guess what? Jesus doesn't calm the storm. He lets it go. He says, let's see how you handle it. Here, grab the, grab the 30s. <laughs> you can do it. I know you can do it. And Peter, oh man, no way. I can't do that. And what does Jesus say? Where's your faith? You had it, dude. You had it. I was screaming in your ear, two more reps, two more reps. You can get it. You can do it. No, I can't. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. And Jesus goes, oh, man. It would have been killer if you had stayed on the, you would not believe how much farther our relationship would have gone. Peter compounded on these last workouts, but it, it just, it gives one more weight. And see, this is the thing we have to understand, church. Our lives in Christ are building and building and building. And you say, man, I can't get, go through what I'm going through now. Yes. The Lord doesn't give you something you can't. Well, let me, let me put it this way. He does give you things you can't handle. Okay. That's what he does. He gives you things. That, he never gives you something he can't handle. He knows. 
It's hard. It's supposed to be. I'm building you. I'm training you. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful, but I'm telling you, after you've been trained by it, you're going to be blown away by the righteousness and peace that comes to you. Compound the workouts. As the worship band returns, I I just want to say one other thing. In Luke, after Jesus does this thing with the boy, heals the boy, it says right here, and they were all amazed at the greatness of God. And let me just submit one thing to you. When, when was the last time you were amazed at the greatness of God in your life? When's the last time you went, man, that was unbelievable. If it's been a while, would you go before the Lord and say, is it because I'm just stopping at the tens? I'm just in a rut. I'm in a routine. I'm, I haven't confused the muscles. I haven't done anything. When I take off my spiritual shirt, I'm kind of flabby. <laughs> There's no greatness there. Maybe God has something different for you, a different workout, a different way you look at a certain circumstance that maybe seems like an obstacle, but in fact, it's just the Lord going, one more rep. You can do it. I know you can do it. Thank you.